everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the chomping at the bit head. Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games sometimes. Uh, not this time, though. Nope. I guess most times, at least for now, we don't <laughs> be playing. Um... But I think that's because we haven't hit on a really great idea for, uh, you know, like live play, like an actual play show for, you know, what that content would look like and what would be a good idea. And I think when we come up with another good one, then we'll play it. But Probably. I mean, I think all my ideas are good, yet we're not playing any of them. So, uh, mm. you know, what's that say? Well, there's a difference, I guess, between like... You know, good radio and a good gaming experience. All right, fuck off. Anyways, uh, so we're going to talk today about system. What are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about system prep. Yeah. Preparing for a new system. Preparing for the system. so many out there. How do you choose one and then prepare for it? Yeah. Um, this is going to be part of several episodes we're going to be talking about just like prepping to play and we're starting big we're starting as as far zoomed out you know before you get started playing at all we're starting with how do you prep for what system you're going to run and then we're we're uh bringing the focus right so we're going to do system prep now then next one's going to be campaign prep mm-hmm. and then all the way down to session prep so you got some stuff to look forward to if you're a faithful listener. <laughs> um, but if you're just a haphazard, once-in-a-while listener, it should probably still be good. Nothing about it will be super dependent on what came before, but you'll probably hear us talk about what we talked about before. So, um, like yeah. always. All right, so we're going to start off with talking about how to choose a system. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to go on to thinking a little more about the mechanics how do you, you know, compare and contrast? Uh, and then, of course, you know, consideration of the people who will actually be playing, not just, you know, the game master choosing a system to run. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, we're going to talk, we're going to talk a lot about that last one, but I think that's important. You know, game master focused is kind of the bend of this episode and this whole series about prep you know it's not really we don't usually ask the players to do a lot of prep before but i think there is uh i don't know there's there's more participation that you could ask for your players in the prep phase and absolutely i think then more more than most people usually ask for Mm -hmm. and but that's okay too because like you know, players just need to show up and have a good attitude and yeah. stuff. You know, it's the game master who really needs to know the ins and outs uh, of the of the system. Yeah. So, we're talking about that. So, choosing a system. Choosing a system. A lot of systems out there. New ones every day, including yeah. that, you know, one that I've been hearing a lot of things <laughs> about this one that's coming out soon. Uh, you know, it's called Afterlife. Mm-hmm. You know, very excited about this one. I can't wait to setting and system combined. So you know, that's cool. Um, we'll talk more about that at the end. But yeah, there's all kinds of systems, and you know, there's 
just Dungeons and Dragons, which I would say is probably at its most accessible. Like, you know, you hear people talk, older people than us who started playing when the hobby was new had to kind of muddle through it. And I think we all still kind of have to do that yeah, to some degree. But getting into 5th edition D&D is really easy right now, especially for a player. And even for a game master, the basic rules are free online. There's so many tools and all the videos and most of the podcasts are about it. So, yeah. you know, real easy. But there's lots there's besides others. Dungeons & Dragons. Um I saw a thing a while ago that the second most popular RPG in the world is still Call of Cthulhu, which is not about dungeons at all. It's not about fighting monsters, usually. It's about being afraid of monsters and about, like, you know, procedural investigation, mysteries, and detective work. So that's cool. All right, oh. So when you're when you're looking at all these systems and you're shopping on the... the the RPG shelf in your grocery, your, lo- your local grocery store. Mm-hmm. Go to the RPG section. <laughs> and they're, they're all on the shelves there. Um, you know, start thinking about what what kind of story do you want to sell? Do you want it to be a monster crawl, you know, like a Dungeons and Dragons? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Call of Cthulhu, where it's more about solving mysteries and um, psychological stuff. Yeah. Right, because like I really, I mean, that's how we chose Torg, right? Um, that's true. Torg is an awesome one, really weird one. Um, just so full of stuff. The setting really hooked us. Yeah. Right, because it had it had everything. It had yeah. it had your uh, you know um, Conan the Barbarians. Mm-hmm. It had your high tech you know cyberpunk. Stuff mm-hmm. it had your pulp fiction or you know yeah your pulp fiction mm-hmm. your um, adventure. Indiana Jones uh, had a high fantasy had a like a classic fantasy setting but it was all kind of like mashed together in a way where the lore actually like explained why they were mashed together and that seemed very cool that you could like be whatever you wanted um, I imagine it would have appealed even more if we'd found it when we were younger yeah like kids like teenagers. Starting to play and being like, oh, you can do whatever. You can be like a dwarf, but you can have a laser gun and just all kinds of cool stuff. But, you know, so think about what you want. These systems are usually not super malleable, I would say. Like, they're they're mostly designed to do one thing pretty well. Yeah. Like, D&D doesn't shine if you, you know, try and do a like very... Like a palace entry yeah. thing. It's going to be a lot of homebrew stuff on the Game Master's part. Like, there's basics for that, doing, you know, deception checks and investigation mm-hmm. checks. But th- that's all it is, is just, like, yeah. checks against the AC, which is set mm-hmm. by the, you know, attribute values of the NPCs or, you know, of just, like, a base attribute set by the Game Master. And then that's it. That's right. that's all that's supported they it's, don't really have a mechanic for like uh, alliances, um, like mm-hmm. relationship spectrums. Relationship spectrums, yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, if that's what you're going for, you know, take a look at the game system's mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to give you an idea of what is written there for you to like do your story in. Yeah, because right? I mean, we pitch it all the time. It's like if the rules don't work for you, make up your own. 
but it's also nice to have like a just a framework for yeah. something you're trying to do. It's like, oh, this fits really well with my whatever. It's a lot easier, um, and take this from you know folks who have over the last couple years written a bunch of their own stuff. It's a lot easier to it's a lot easier to use the existing foundation of an already published game than it mm. is to write all your own stuff. And there is probably a system out there that facilitates what you want to do. Yeah. So think about what you want to do. Uh, think about the setting and the story and, you know, the mechanics that you want to make sure it facilitates. Dungeons & Dragons is great for, you know, tactical combat and monster fighting. Mm-hmm. That's what it's really well designed for. But if you try and do, you know, a Game of Thronesy palace intrigue, like we said... Your players are going to be bummed that, like, why am I never getting to use these spells that are designed to, like, smite skeletons and shit? <laughs> They're going to be bummed out, and a lot of the mechanics built into the game are going to be wasted. So, mm-hmm. uh, so this is kind of how we would go about choosing our system. Of course, you know, you probably have your own criteria and, like, your own process for making decisions, but... You know, it's just like going shopping in a grocery store. Which brand of whatever do I buy? Mm-hmm. Do I like the, the all-natural crunchy peanut butter? Or do I like the, the smooth, you know, chemical peanut butter? Mm-hmm. You know, both are good. Both are tasty. It's just whichever one you prefer. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all about preference. But, you know, think about, think about what you want it to do for you. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, this is helpful because... Really, we didn't even say anything, but like maybe, oh, I didn't even think about how mechanics would come into it. I was just looking at the pictures. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I could see it being helpful this way because a lot of people get started because they like see something online or they read, you know, something. They they end up following something. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, Dungeons and Dragons. That sounds fun or whatever. Um, And then that ends up being the first thing most people try, especially if your group doesn't have someone to run the games and so like someone is going to have to rise up and become the game master or the dungeon master you're probably going to end up playing dungeons and dragons because that's just what everyone's heard maybe you never gave any thought to it and you would much prefer to play like mothership and do like a you know a space thing or um you know call of cthulhu and be do like an x-files thing Mm -hmm. and if you don't think about that beforehand, you might end up wasting a lot of time and even some money if you buy, like, you know, the books. You might get into Dungeons & Dragons, get your friends into it, and then realize later that, like, oh... Oh, there's something better. Yeah, this isn't serving our needs. So, you know, think about what you want it to be before you get started, I guess. And this has turned into a very specific little bit of advice for, like, a new Dungeon Master and a new group of players, but I think it applies... I think it applies more broadly. You know, you finish a campaign, you want to play something else, think about what you want it to be, and consider if switching systems would better facilitate it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an important thing. Maybe you're kind of getting, you know, decision-locked because there's so many of them these days. Just go with Dungeons & Dragons for first. Yeah. Like, you start out, do that, get acclimated to, you know, the whole role-playing process, and then pivot. Uh, you know, that's fine too. As long as whatever gets you in your seat with an RPG, 
is is good by my book. Yeah, any any playing is fun and good. Well, I guess you could argue that like a bad a bad Dungeons and Dragons turns you and off. like bad a bad party, a bad experience, like maybe no maybe no play is worse. No, no play is better than bad play. Than bad play? I don't know. Sure. Maybe. Don't let it turn you off, though. Yeah, if, like, try you're not something having, else. If you're not having fun in the system that you picked, pick a new one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was rambly. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, the the first the first little thing that we wanted to hit, the idea. Actually, choose a system. Don't necessarily just do D&D. Choose a system. Think about why. Um, the next thing we want to get into is... Once you've chosen a system, yeah. right? So you have your system. We're going to play... Uh, Mothership, mm. right? Going off the beaten path there with something you already said. Because uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of another one. All right, so you choose your system, right? You you get a group together. You're like, we're gonna role play this system. We're gonna we're gonna start you know next month. You know, that's our first play date. Yeah. All right. What should you do to prepare in your new system, right? And obviously, you need to know the mechanics. Yeah. And we say know the mechanics. Um, well, it's unbelievable how available information is now. Like, how widely available on the internet instructional videos and stuff like that is. And how and inaccessible. And podcasts, too. You're listening to one. But... Compared to how inaccessible it was when I was a kid and thinking like, oh, this is something I want to get into. And you're a little too young for it. And you look at the book and you're like, this is just incomprehensible. I don't fucking know how. Understanding the basic mechanic of Dungeons and Dragons that you like roll a D20, mm-hmm. you add a modifier, and it's against an armor class or a difficulty class. That super basic core mechanic is something that I didn't understand for years and years and years. And it's really simple, but like mm-hmm. no one explained it to me. If you don't understand that core mechanic, you you can't play. Yeah. So, you know, you need to figure out like what is the basic mechanism that makes this game work and you need to understand it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, right. you're not going to be able to run. And you don't need to understand every little intricacy of the the mechanics and like all these weird situations that might not even come in to your like the story or the session or the campaign. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to know everything by you know memory. That's what the rule book's there for, mm-hmm. for reference. Yeah, to look stuff up. But it is extremely um, excruciating for me <laughs> when like. Nothing can get done in a session because it's like, oh, wait, we what's this know. rule? Yeah. Like, just you should know how players are going to usually interact. Like, if that's attacking or investigating or whatever mm-hmm. your system, you know, is shining in. Yeah. You should know what dice they roll, what on their character sheet is important, and what they're rolling against. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's fairly universal. I can't think of any systems, even like the percentile dice ones or, you know, ones that... Yeah. Like, that is how it works. You roll some dice, a dice or some amount of dice. You add such and such or you add more dice and it's against some sort of target. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the key thing. You need to understand that. Yeah. Right. So, and when you're looking at the mechanics, 
cut what's unnecessary too. Like if there's a whole thing about like I don't know a corruption mechanic, mm-hmm. maybe for this you know first four way four uh, a not four way this first four way <laughs> uh, into the RPG world, you don't want to deal with corruption because that's too much to keep track of. Maybe your players are even fresh to this hobby too. Yeah. So like you know asking them to take care of that on their character sheet along with all their other basic stats like that might just be too much and that's fine so just don't use it Mm -hmm. i think i think that's a really good example a corruption mechanic something that's kind of like ancillary but is probably like flavor Mm -hmm. if it's especially if it's like a game system that comes with a setting like like warhammer fantasy is a separate rpg designed for stories in that ip Mm mm-hmm but then you could do that. You could throw away the like chaos corruption mechanic and just do, you know, just do like no magic, no corruption, humans in a medieval mm-hmm. setting. And then the game would work still. So, you know, think about that. Cut what's unnecessary for what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Decide like, eh, I don't really feel like getting into that. And a lot of game systems come with optional or, yeah. you know, provisional. And another, another good example of that, and like, this kind of gets into the next thing we're going to talk about, modifying mechanics. So cut what's unnecessary and modify to fit your needs. Um, the magic in D&D, like, there's a bunch of rules about components and, mm-hmm. you know, how you cast stuff and you gotta have this. That's maybe even that. a better example. Yeah. That shit's complicated it seems kind of fun i've never dipped into it because like ouch i I think it could be really fun if it was if you used the like the framework of 5e to make a fallout new vegas type first person video game yeah then i think engaging with a magic system that had a lot of crafting components Mm -hmm. could be really really fun um but i have never engaged with it at the table. Yeah. And that just could be me and, and you because, like, I don't really engage with that. Like, in Elden Ring, mm. like, I don't fuck with crafting. I don't either. I Like, I mess with fire pots sometimes, but, like, that doesn't really... That doesn't really win battles for you. That's just kind of fun. And I have a stupid thing on my sword that makes it so I can't use grease. It's a good... It's a good attack... But I can't use any of the, like, weapon power-ups. So, uh, yeah. I, I look at that big, long crafting thing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is just a bunch of runes I haven't sold yet. Yeah. And, like, same thing in, like, Witcher. Yeah, Witcher's... I never really I think that's the that. most egregious <laughs> example in all of video gaming is the appalling crafting system in The Witcher. Like, if you engaged with that, then you just... You're an insane person. <laughs> There's so much, and it's all useless. And it's, I mean, it's not useless. It goes into stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, God. Yeah. My favorite version of that was Ghost of Tsushima, which had one currency, and it was just supplies. You collected supplies. And when you had supplies <laughs> and, you know, went to some place, then they could make stuff for you. That was it. It was just supplies. That was my favorite. But that's what I like. You might not like that, listener at home, thinking that I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. 
thinking that the Witcher crafting system is the best thing in the world, and that putting yeah. all kinds of different grease on your sword in Elden Ring is the best thing. I mean, that that could be what gets you off, and that is fine, too. Yeah. Anyways, the point is, if something seems unnecessary, like, obviously, you don't want to cut, like, armor class in D&D. Yeah. Because then how... Then how, yeah, how are you going yeah, to hit stuff? Well, actually, I can think of a fix for that, but um, we'll just do what we did and make it dex or strength, like yeah. you're attacking whatever. But yeah, but don't cut a core system without a replacement. That that would count as a modification, I'd say. I would, that yeah, would I would be say so too. A cut and understanding the core mechanic, understanding like the basic thing about how it works. So, mm -hmm. you to use Dungeons and Dragons again as an example, you need to understand that basic like D twenty plus bonus versus difficulty you need to understand that but then there's a couple other larger systems or you know subsystems not larger mm -hmm. like the magic you need to understand that like spell slots are spent to cast spells and they replenish at such and such a time because you're going to need to facilitate that if one of your players mm -hmm. is a spell caster you can't just like run them through with no opportunity to replenish yeah. And you can't change something fundamental about the spellcasting system without understanding how it impacts the gameplay, the rest of the game. Yeah. True. So that's our our take on uh, the mechanics. That's how you prep for a new system. Mm -hmm. You learn the core mechanics and understand just the regular run of play, so that and like you don't have to memorize it. Like I said. If you gotta look stuff up occasionally, that's fine. But if you gotta take a 15 minute break every time somebody needs to do an attack, mm -hmm. you got some more prep to do. And that can be infuriating for everyone at the table. It's especially you know frustrating as a player if uh, you know a game master has to keep stopping the play. Um, but there's a next little bit that this feeds really nicely into is that, you know, players. And the bullet here is to consider your players. Uh, and we're going to talk about everything that means, but the first little bit here is the obvious, is what we've written. The obvious, have your players read the rules. It can be really frustrating when a player also doesn't yeah. know, like, mm -hmm. if a player doesn't know how to deploy their spells or, like, the fundamentals of how to operate their character sheet or mm -hmm. even, like, rolling, rolling dice. You know, what, yeah. if, what if they don't know because they've never done it before? Well, you know, we teach new players. That's one of the, like, that's one of the things that comes with this hobby is we're stewards of it and we pass it on to new people all the time. But there needs to be a little bit of effort on their part, and you need to yeah. communicate with them that, like, these are the things you need to understand. And it's a fairly common thing for players to misunderstand a spell because they, mm -hmm. like, you know, read the spell title and are like, okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot a firebolt. Mm -hmm. And then they don't know, they don't know how when they try and use it. And then it brings the game to a grinding halt while we figure it out. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you'd be surprised uh, how players just, like, they don't read the, the rules. And so, like, they don't make their character complete. Like, they just kind of leave something off. Yeah, like, they don't finish it. You know, I don't know, for a D&D &D example, like, oh, you didn't choose your spells. Yeah, incredibly common. 
or uh, you know, if you're using the very helpful D and D Beyond tool, a lot of people will get to like a finished character sheet, and they will have put none of their equipment. Yeah. The, like they're they, carrying they their have, armor. They won't have selected equipment. Maybe mm. they might have just like skipped that section because yeah. they didn't. They missed that page, or none of it is equipped, and so they're like, I don't know. My armor class is eleven, and mm. I'm getting hit all I the time. I don't have a weapon. And they're like, actually, you do have armor, and you do have a weapon, and you should be using them. But those, you know, like players don't know. It's not a. It's not a dunk on them, mm. and it's not a thing to, like, get furious about. It's a thing to talk about before you get started and make sure that, like, you know, we're all going to play a game together. Mm. Everyone needs to understand it, at least to a degree. Obviously, the game master runs it, has the rule book to look stuff up in. Mm. But... I mean, it's it's just a, another, it's a little more complicated, but it's the same thing. It's just like a new board game. Mm. Like, you guys all have to understand how it's played. Maybe you do a couple practice rounds. That's fine. Yeah. Maybe before your first session, you guys just get together and have a talk and be like, all right, anybody have a problem with their character sheet? Yeah. You know, everybody have a complete character. Everybody know, you know, what... I guess we're going to talk about it in probably every one of these episodes. Yeah. A session zero, mm-hmm. you know, and... There's there's lots of session zero advice out there. We have given some of our own. But if you're like starting a new game system or you're all a group of people new to the hobby, one of the first things you might do is like I don't know, have a like a couple practice rounds. Mm-hmm. Like have a fight against each other yeah. or you know, at least have like one character take a swing at another character so that you know how it works. Mm-hmm. Like doing it in real life or, you know, like the first thing you do in Halo is like get the pistol, mm-hmm. right? And then you walk out of the bridge and you load it up, and then the first thing the game does is throw two grunts at you. Yeah, you're supposed to learn how to shoot them real quick. It teaches you that. Give your players that. Yeah, Be like here's just a little mm-hmm. you know empty room. Hit some goblins. You get to learn how to run goblins. They get to learn how to run their own character sheets. And, like, of course, obviously, if you guys are all seasoned players and you just chose a new system... You don't need... Yeah, you don't need to do that. You don't really need to do that. I think it would still be kind of fun. Right. But at the very least, you know, as Mm -hmm. the game master, you got to understand that, like, core mechanic. you got to be like, this is how you roll the dice, Mm -hmm. and it's against this to determine success or failure. Your players need to be on the same page as that, and they should Mm -hmm. know their own character sheets. Like, what powers they can deploy. And mm-hmm. what their stats mean. And, like, you know, get it. There's a learning curve. That's why you as the game master need to do a little extra session prep. Mm-hmm. So, like, they can ask you those questions. It should be like, what's this number on my character sheet mean? Yeah. Is it important? And then you should have an answer to that. You should know. Yeah. yeah. And maybe you don't know it off the top of your head, sure, because you're also new to this system. But, you know, maybe a lot of systems have, like, little helpful just, like, here's a chart of helpful information mm-hmm. you know very common information you know that's like part of your game master screen one panel of it is just like here's the basic you know that this thing whatever yeah um i think we can just run through these three points pretty quick uh this is sort of a recap have your players read the rules spoiler alert it's harder than it seems it can be tough to get your players to like do the prep outside of actual play uh, and if they're, you know, if they're not ready, then it might be worth doing that session zero stuff. Mm-hmm. 
some information like spells are only in the player's handbook. I think that's a really important thing to just like notice. In almost every game system, the the magic is in the player section. Which to me indicates that it is the player's responsibility to understand their own magic and to like read their spells. But it's also absolutely not because as a game master you need to put opportunities for them to use their spells. Mm. So you gotta go do a little extra you can't just read the game master section in this scenario. Right. You need right? to understand you need to understand the player section. You need to understand that, like, they spend spell slots. Mm-hmm. The the difference between, like, a spell attack and, a, you know, a spell that causes a save or whatever. That sort of thing. Yeah, or, you, like, when they can understand can't that use too. their spells. Right. That kind of stuff. Which sometimes, often, is in the player's book. Mm-hmm. So, it's on both, on both uh, sides of the table there. Mm-hmm. You need to know that stuff. Uh, okay. Next next little point. Are you well, ready think, to answer simple questions? I, I feel like we covered that. most of this. I was, I was on uh, the last thing yeah, that I we think, wanted to talk about. I think we're about done with... Just basic, uh, and we say it all the time, and it's still on the board there. If you're just, yeah. Yep, still on the board. Yep, keep looking. Um, talk to your players um, about... Talk to your players. Player like, communication. What are they comfortable with, right? Like, oh, this system, I can't name it, but like... Because I don't know it, not because it's it's wrong or whatever. Uh, they have a whole torture mechanic. Mm. I don't know. Players. This is hypothetical. Yeah. You're not you're not saying one that you know. No, I don't okay, know. Yeah. I don't know of any system right, right, right. that has a hardcore torture mm-hmm. mechanic because that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, but like, if you were to find a system, I'm sure on the dark web there's plenty of them. I think it's a yeah. It's a natural. It's a natural continuation of like collaborating with your players when you decide what to play in the first place is to take that conversation one step further and be like, what's everyone comfortable with? Are, are we, you know, do we want to do like body horror mm-hmm. and, and like extreme violence or do we want to keep it kind of, you know, cartoony, just like D&D. Okay, a better example or... is like, you know, Oh, you got a table here that like says your leg can get blown off. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's the thing I guess in afterlife which we wrote and are working hard to bring to you. Mm-hmm. We eschew uh, damage dice and hit points for a wound system that is reduced by your toughness, but a lot of terrible things can happen on it. And we had a lot of fun writing a table of mm-hmm. terrible things that can happen when you get shot or hit with a sword. And your players might not be into that. You know, that's worth talking about before you get started. Mm. And that's just a, you know, a basic general rule. You should always, you know, be operating within yeah. the comfort zone of... And eh, that got, like, kind of a negative connotation. Because people are like, oh, you should push out of your comfort zone. But, well, I think if it stops you from having fun... Yeah, then, if it's yeah, not, then, then, yeah then that's stupid. stupid. You should You should operate within what your players are comfortable with and what you yourself are comfortable with. Mm. And like that, that stuff should uh, come out if you have, uh, well, if you have prepped for your system, according to this episode, uh, you would read the rules. And if you have a system with a damage table like Afterlife, mm-hmm. you, the game master, and the players should all know 
like how does damage work? Okay, here's this table that says how damage works. Is everyone cool with this? Yeah. And you should understand for gameplay reasons well, yeah. anyway that like, like you would have read it just yeah. to know you should how understand you're that work like it. okay, toughness is important because toughness reduces the severity of wounds that I take. Mm. Now I'm going to build my character based on the information that I understand about how this game works. So it should it should happen naturally, but uh, we just wanted to point it out explicitly, you know, talk to your players, make sure they're comfortable with the system, right? If they have any hang-ups, uh, you know, trim, modify, work through it. Maybe it maybe you got to pick a new system. Yeah. Um but I think that'll about do it for our that was how to prep for a system how yeah. to prep for a new system um we talked about choosing a system we talked about what things we look for in a system mm-hmm. and hopefully it helps setting you choose your own story we talked about mechanics a lot we talked about you know what mechanics you think are going to be fun to engage with what mechanics are going to facilitate the experience that you want and what mechanics are okay to you know cut or modify mm-hmm. And, I mean, we just talked about the player side. Uh, players should read the rules, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, players and game masters should be on the same page in terms of just how the game works in general. Make sure everybody's going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, go prep. Go prep an adventure for a new system, guys. Go do it. I command you. We'll uh, go find a new system. Yeah, go find a new system. Next and then episode, we'll start, we're, we're showing you know, how to, to like, craft story and stuff like that. While you're rummaging the shelves, um, thank you. Listen to our uh, listen to our housekeeping stuff. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Two Headed Game Master. Uh, as always, you can find more of our stuff at two hgm.com. We have contact and feedback. Uh, email address there we have our free eclipse engine along with some other products we have the little dungeon trainer system 10 minute dungeon uh, i forget what else we have we've got some we stuff got a on patreon there. link there yeah. you know love to have you as patrons uh, you gain access to our discord and you know special uh stuff mm-hmm. we do um, some fun stuff on there everyone you've heard us hang out with on the show before everyone who runs games for us and that has played with us we we do RPG stuff on the Discord, and it's yeah. fun. Um, we also have a link to our Twitter along with the Patreon link. Follow us on Twitter, even though it's a, well, probably soon to be authoritarian oh, you're gonna get, you're hellscape. You're into that. But we'll huh? see. Oh, I don't think so. Come on. Eh, we'll find out. I guess we will find out. There's a lot of harm. My money is on nothing's going to change. But you, you don't think so? No. Then why bother? Because <laughs> he's crazy? Because some men just need to own a bit of everything. All right. Um, what else? Join us next time. We're going to continue this uh, conversation about prepping your adventures. We are going to talk about prepping your campaign. You've picked your system. Now the campaign mm-hmm. comes next. Real quick, uh, we talked about a bunch of systems. The new system out is uh, Root. Uh, it was Ooh. a very fun board game, yeah. and now it is uh, its own little RPG. The Root board game absolutely kicks ass. It's one of the coolest 
looking products and it's so tactile there's all these little like tokens and you move yeah. them around you like build armies and control the forest but i thought the entire time that it like was begging to be a role-playing game yeah. you well, won't be these little is. woodland critters mm. you know having having power struggles in the forest it's awesome if you got your head on straight like us uh you've read the red wall or at least some of the red wall uh, yeah there's books. a lot i don't know if i actually read all of them but... i didn't um so it's it's like that it's, you know little uh, uh forest creatures and you know they get up to you know swords and, and yeah shit. so go check it out check it out uh, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song Pond Hillo's Finest as the intro and outro for our show. And we will see you next time. See you next time.